0: This is the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. Welcome to the Diamond Hogs Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Choate, joined by the boys, Robert Stewart, Christian Cheatham. This is your favorite Razorback Baseball Podcast, the premier Razorback Baseball Podcast. We have a wonderful episode for you today, previewing the Ole Miss series with Arkansas catcher Parker Rowland. Uh, We've got to figure out what team we're placing a future bet on as a podcast. Uh, and then, of course, we have to talk about some injury updates, all that good stuff on today's Diamond Hogs podcast. Um, no midweek, though. That's the big story right now. Um, Arkansas, Arkansas State canceled. Unfortunate weather came through. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a win and a lose because Arkansas, you know, you want to get those. I mean, Dave Van Horn said that he's going to he was trying to play some guys, you know, who who don't always get to play. So those guys are losing out on experience, but also you're giving your guys rest, right? So it's, it's a win lose Robert.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think it, it's probably more of a win because you know, once you get into the grind of the season, like David Horn was talking about it the other day, it's like spring just goes so fast. You, you lose track of time and, and all this, this kind of stuff, like take, take some time off, recollect yourself mentally, physically, whatever. And, uh, you know, gear up for another SEC road series, you know, even though Ole Miss is one and eight, it's, it's still, uh still the defending national champs who knocked you out last year. So.
2: And if you're going to cancel a midweek, it's a short week anyway. So it's, it's probably a good week to do it. So. Exactly.
0: Yeah. No, it's that having, having the Thursday game, you know, at Tuesday, you would play Sunday, then you would play Tuesday and then you would play Thursday. And then that Thursday game, you know, you're having to leave on Wednesday. So. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're in Oxford. We're recording this on Wednesday. They're in Oxford right now about to go practice. So it, right. it would definitely be tough on the guys. Um, a couple, a couple updates that we need to give before we move on, because I always forget, like, there's always stuff. We get talking and I just forget to like say stuff and I have it right here. I wrote it in a story at Hogbeat.com. For those who don't know, I'm the managing editor of Hogbeat.com. Robert designated baseball boy at hogbeat.com. So visit that. We're the Rivals Network covering the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, the big news that everybody wants to know, <clears throat> Brady Tiger. Uh, yeah. Some people have talked about, you know, saw him on the mound at LSU. Yeah, you did, <laughs> but he was not throwing. Um, that's that's a big thing. Uh, Van Oren even mentioned that at his Swatters Club on Monday. Like, yeah, you saw him on the mound, but he was doing nothing. I think he even was like, you saw him on the mound. What else? What was he doing? you know so it's like that he wasn't throwing um he's still he's still a little bit out and basically what we heard was van horn said that he's thinking and hopeful that Brady Tiger can be back at some point at the end of the month either probably the Georgia or the Texas A&M series
1: yeah i remember here in the georgia series that that would be uh that would be ideal cuz i mean we're we're 2 weeks out that's that's not that far away
0: yeah but i also i also wrote this the last time Tiger threw was March 1st, and when when we heard very recently after that, the timetable was five to six weeks uh, based on Van Horn's comments of the Georgia or a AM series. If it's Georgia, that would be seven weeks. If it's AM, that would be eight. So you're pushing it out a little bit longer, but at least it's not like five to six weeks and then season. You know, like you're only pushing it back a couple weeks maybe.
1: Yeah, and, and the bottom line is like if, if this – this extension of the original timetable allows him to get, you know, healthy enough to pitch and, and keep his arm intact the rest of the season. You'll take that. Yeah. Uh, order of business. Number two, starting
0: rotation, Hunter Holland on Thursday, TBA, TBA. Um, and if you're wondering why TBA, TBA, I really think the big reason is probably because Will McIntyre had the flu, which we freaking forgot to ask Parker Rowan about that. Dang it. Uh, Will McIntyre had the flu last weekend. And apparently they found out on Monday, I think Sunday or Monday, they found out that McIntyre has the flu. So that could be a reason why it's TBA. Maybe McIntyre is not going to throw this weekend because you would think you'd be, so it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So that means Holland on Thursday. You would think McIntyre would throw on Friday. Um, we don't really know. Like maybe it's just they're like a wait and see if he feels good enough.
1: I, I think weather may have something to do with it too. I mean, if you look at the forecast in Oxford, this is what, 4.49 p.m. on Wednesday. You got a, you got a 90% time. chance. Central time, yes. You got to 90- think about
0: our listeners in Russia, Robert.
1: Hey, shout out to that uh, devout fan base out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 90% chance of rain in Oxford Thursday, 80% chance Friday, 60% chance Saturday. So I mean, I if I'm Dave Van Horn, I'm I'm hesitant to say who's gonna start until I know which days the games are gonna be played on. That's actually
0: smart. I didn't really think about that. Um also could there be a worse team and place that you're gonna play with bad weather in the forecast than Ole Miss with with the with the issues they've had this year with rainouts and whatnot.
1: i uh, see, I was I was wondering. Uh, why why the exclusion of Starkville in, in, in the worst uh, superlative <laughs> there? But but I understand what you're saying now. <laughs> yeah, no. that
0: I mean, if we're talking like worst place to play, if you're talking baseball, Columbia, Missouri, 100%. I mean, I think that Dave Van Horn would agree with you. I think that most coaches in the SEC would agree with you. First of all, they play on a turf field. That's just embarrassing. Um, second of all, it's in Columbia, Missouri. Neither S nor E. End end of story, um, that is that is all you need to know. I just like I playing on turf field, man. I just I will never get it. But anyways, um, <clears throat> couple other things. Let's see here. Uh, John Bolton has a puffy finger. Had a puffy finger. I don't know if it's still puffy or not. That's why he didn't play on Sunday because he he went to bunt on Saturday, got hit in the finger, ended up laying down the bunt. Um, but he didn't play on Sunday. Van Horn did say. Uh, that he could have done everything except grip the ball with the index finger, um, so that's that's why they played Harold Cole at shortstop instead.
1: He he loves him some John Bolton at shortstop, man.
0: Yep. Um, let's we see. all do. That did. was that was it, um, Christian.
1: You had it, something to add? Avian Josenberger, SEC Player of the Week.
0: Yeah, that was one thing. I wasn't there yet. I'm I'm going down the list. Huh? uh yeah, it's a process,
1: Robert. I yeah, swear you said that was it, but okay. <laughs>
0: No, I was saying that was it with Bolton. Like that's why he didn't play.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, let's see. Parker Rowland, guest on the podcast today, has kind of won the job right now at catcher, even though we have been told like fifteen times that there's not a job to be won. He's won the job that was not there to be won. So, I think I'm. But I think we all understand. Like, yeah, Parker Rowland is definitely like ahead of Hudson Polk right now. Uh, so there's that. Caleb Cowley seemed to have made a strong case for winning the third base job back. Uh that's one thing to mention. He said this is all what Dave Van Horn was saying. Reese Robinette, uh, he would like him to play more, but it's gonna be hard because he's probably just a first
1: baseman and Brady Slavens is your first baseman. Yeah, I mean, where do you where do you slot him in? I, I you could DH him, but then you gotta put Kendall Diggs no. in the field, and I don't think you're gonna do that. <laughs> no. Um,
0: for those, okay, so there, there's a lot of Jason, why isn't Jason Jones in the lineup people? And Dave Van Horn put it pretty simply that Jason Jones has the bat. Jason Jones might have as much power as anybody on the team, not named Jared Wagner, but it is the defense, which is the, that is the issue with Jason Jones. And if you know anything about Dave Van Horn, he prioritizes defense. So yes, Jason Jones can, you know, hit the heck out of a baseball but he needs to be able to play defense as well. And where are you going to be subbing him in at third base, short, second, like all of those are filled for the most part. Third would be the only one, but like,
1: you know. Right. And and the thing with Jason Jones too is like, it's not like he's an uber consistent hitter either. I mean, he's a very high strikeout guy. So like, you know, no knock on him, but you that's, that's not a recipe to crack the lineup as a freshman. I, it's, it's really not that hard in my mind.
0: No, I I don't but you know, there's always going to be those people. And that's one of the most common questions I get is like, why isn't Jason Jones playing? So I feel like it needs to be addressed. Sure. Uh you mentioned Josenberger, player of the week. Um, yeah, great week for him last year, great weekend. Uh not last year, last week.
1: Um You know what he was before he was SEC player of the week? What's that? He was the Diamond Hogs Podcast weekend MVP. He was before the
0: SEC declared him player of the week. The Diamond Hogs podcast declared him weekend MVP. Tavian, which one means more, buddy? I, I think that he would as a friend of the program, I think that he would he would, you know, prefer us, right? Like that's just me.
1: I mean, he, he hasn't gone on a podcast with the SEC media relations team, so that is true. To yeah. my knowledge. To my knowledge.
0: Yeah. Uh, Arkansas moved up one spot to number five in the D1 baseball poll,
1: which is the only one that matters. Um, really speaking, no. Huh. Speaking of of moving up lists, how about Arkansas being two in the RPI right now?
0: Yeah, that's wild. Good for them. That's a huge thing in college baseball, by the way. It's like the net in basketball. Yeah. Um. So good for Arkansas. A couple other notes. Let's see. Uh, midseason All-Americans Hunter Holland and Hagen Smith. uh, perfect game um and then holland was named to the mid-season golden spikes award watch list i think i think that's it i think we knocked it out
1: notable omission will mcintyre yeah that was
0: tough that was we've
1: we've we've laid it to rest
0: the thing is is if mcintyre would have been on the list i already have a graphic for it like i have my will mcintyre golden spikes graphic ready to go um which is unfortunate uh a snub on that list, Jared Wagner. What the heck? I mean, yeah. Let's let's look at his stats real quick, because I mean, like I feel like he's worthy, right? Well, twelve tanks, forty three RBIs. Yeah, he's got a team high forty three RBI, uh, twelve homers, two triples, three doubles. He's hitting three seventy, slugging eight hundred, a four nine six OBP, twenty four walks,
1: twenty
0: five strikeouts.
1: Yeah. He's slugging 800. Yeah, that's wild.
0: Yeah. Unrelated
2: unrelated, but Jace Borfin's still hitting 400.
0: Oh yeah, Jace Borfin. He's insane.
1: Jace could be up there too, yeah. Jace is wow.
0: slugging 702.
1: The uh the Razorbacks really hit three home runs with uh outfield this this year.
0: Yeah. Uh Kendall Diggs slugging 728. Wow.
1: Kennel Diggs is good, man. And and that that number probably came down a bunch this past weekend because he had a for he had the first bad weekend he's had in a very long time. Yeah. And yeah. He, he still hit a three run home run to, <laughs> to get a rally started.
0: By the way, um I I was looking up our old friend Zach Gregory, and this is way off topic, but I was looking up our old friend Zach Gregory earlier in the week just because I was like curious, like what do his stats look like? Um, and he's doing exactly what you think he would be doing. I want to pull up the stats because and this hasn't I mean like I don't like doing this sometimes, but it's Zach Gregory. I feel like we need to. Uh he's hitting two fifty-eight, which is second worst of the starters for Grand Canyon. Um, really? Yeah. But I, go um, ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. He's got a four four two on base percentage.
2: That's what I was gonna say. I was like, I bet it's still in the four
0: hundreds, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh he leaves the team with 27 walks and his three hit by pitches are uh ranked second on the team. Oh, third, third on the team. So I mean it's it's literally Zach Gregory. That's what you're <laughs> expecting from that guy. Uh oh, he also leaves the team with 28 strikeouts. So yeah, it's it's Zach Gregory. <laughs> That's what they expect from Zach Gregory. Um, I just had to mention that before I forget it because I would always forget it. All right, Christian, you had some stuff to address. Yeah, so you were talking about earlier uh, putting in our future bet
2: for uh, College World Series champ. So I was, we can talk about that for a little bit. But I just wanted to cover a couple of midweek uh, games that happened. Wake Forest, Rake Forest, according to Mason and Robert, they actually lost to Elon this week in the midweek matchup. And you can't uh,
1: pick them to win it all now.
2: I guess, yeah, Mason's bet is, uh, is ruined now. Also unrelated, but Wichita State defeated Oklahoma State. Um, and then South Carolina, who is my pick for national champ, if it's not Arkansas, defeated North Carolina in the Battle of the Carolinas during the midweek. So, by the
1: way, has been very good since Arkansas beat the brakes off them.
2: Yeah, Uh, they're always going to be in, yeah, they're always going to be tough. Yeah. And then, and then also, I don't know if you guys hit on it on Sunday, but with our bold predictions,
1: how do we do for the weekend?
0: Right. I think. Roberts definitely didn't hit. What yeah. was it again?
1: I had I had nine total bases from Kendall Diggs, and I think he just had the one home run, so that would be four. All
3: right. mm.
0: Christian, what was yours?
2: And I had Cody Adcock' uh, best appearance of the weekend, and it kind of almost hit. If it wasn't for Dylan Carter, if if so, Dylan uh,
1: Carter didn't one yeah. up him later in that Sunday game, yeah, yeah, it kind of almost it almost hit.
2: I was pretty happy to see that, but I'm happy to see that Dylan Carter had a great weekend. He's one of my you know one of my favorite pitchers on the staff, their most consistent pitcher, probably right now. I think some most would say,
0: um, oh, yeah. mine did hit though Caleb Cowley home run. Which yes, I had to get approval from you guys. Is it a bold enough prediction? We all agreed it was, and he hit a freaking tank 450 mm-hmm. feet, not even a bat flip, a bat drop. It was beautiful, it was incredible. Um, it was his only hit on the weekend, too. So
2: Oh, wow. Have you seen you've, – you've seen like clips of umpires whenever someone hits a tank and they kind of stare at it for a second or flip the bat. He, the what ump was like kinda, pointing at him? The ump kind of did that to him. Yeah, I was like, what do you – he didn't stand
0: there too long. Well, the, the the Alabama catcher was also like, what the heck – like he was trying to get Wagner in trouble – or not Wagner, Cali in trouble. And I think yeah. Cali told us in the post game he was like, I didn't really care. I was just excited that I hit a home run. And we were like, as you should be like, you shouldn't have to worry about if you're going to get in trouble for admiring this ball. You just hit 450
1: feet. Yeah. I meant to ask Dave about that, but I forgot. That was, that was very strange. I thought. I should have yeah. sent
2: it to that. The Have you seen the, the, that social media? I think it's on Twitter, the, the Ump show or welcome to the Ump show. I should have checked if they got on there, but they, on TV, it wasn't shown very much. So I guess it didn't really matter.
0: I don't, I, if he would have, if he would have like gotten tossed or a warning or something like that, then it probably would have, but he didn't, he didn't even get a warning. It was just kind of like a watch out, just like, just run the bases, buddy, you know? Yeah. And, and they
2: didn't even readdress it when he got back to home plate. So I guess they just, whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's get to some Old Miss preview, Robert. Um, I feel like, I feel like we need to put in some, some like spacers for the podcast because we had ad reads all throughout last year um, and we don't have ads this year right now, not because we're not successful, but because we just don't have time to sell ads. Um, but I mean, technically, I think we're still with Chinook Seedery. So use code DHP10 when you go to ChinookSeedery.com and get some seeds. Uh, I ran out of all my cinnamon toast seeds that we got on our trip to Arlington, which is very unfortunate because those are the great, like, legit the greatest seeds in the world, the Chinook cinnamon toast. But code DHP10, get 10% off your order at checkout.
1: We don't have any ad reads, he says, as he proceeds to read an ad. I'm
0: just, No, I'm, I'm not reading that. That was all off the top of my head. I just, I, I feel like we need some spacers, you know, like, let the people take a breath. You know, maybe hit the skip 10 seconds button a couple of times and then get to the old miss preview, you know. Uh
1: if if that's what you want, then all right. Robert, all
0: right. this is this is what I like to uh to call Robert read stats for 20 minutes. That's what
1: this yeah, is. it's about 20 minutes, <laughs> is
0: <laughs> All right, go ahead.
1: Uh yeah, I'm gonna read some stats and they're not gonna be good. Um, as I mentioned earlier. Ole Miss one and eight coming into this weekend. they played in who, uh, Vanderbilt. They got swept in Nashville the first weekend, got swept at home by Florida the next weekend, took one of three on the road in college station, or is it Brian college station as we determined last year on the podcast. I, anyway, I, I don't care. Anyway. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a team that's struggling mightily. Um, you you wouldn't have guessed that this was this was the team that won it all last year. Um, you know, normally I, I like to do these these overall stats, but uh I think it makes more sense to do conference stats because it illustrates just how bad the rebels have been so far. Um so if you look at their 300 overall average, uh it goes down that number goes down to 230 in conference play. Uh their their overall team ERA is about five and a half. It's seven point seven in nine SEC games. So um, you know, if you if you compare that to Arkansas, they're hitting two forty one in conference compared to two ninety-six overall. So not nearly as big a drop off as uh for the Razorbacks as the Rebels. Um, and then five ninety-five in SEC ERA compared to five oh four overall. It's like you think the Hogs are bad in SEC play relatively to what they've done all year. Ole Miss is way worse. Um They've uh, they've been rolling with, with two of the, two of the three starting pitchers have, have started all three weekends. Jack Doherty, I believe is how you say his name. Uh, you've heard, you've heard that one before he pitched uh, at least once against Arkansas and Omaha last year. He's got 11 earned runs allowed in almost 15 innings. That's, that's not a good ERA um, opponents hitting 343 against them. He's uh He's a guy that that Arkansas could jump all over come Thursday night. Uh Xavier Rivas is their Saturday guy. He will be pitching Friday if they play Friday. Um again 10 earned runs 15 innings versus the same three Vanderbilt Florida and teams. Opponents hitting 224 against him 139 whip. Nothing nothing super special. Um I don't know like it's just it's just ugly numbers. And then they, I don't, I don't know if they've decided on a, on a Saturday guy yet, um, for for this series. But if if they're going off of what it was last weekend, J T Quinn, he's a freshman from Tampa. He allowed four runs in five innings against the Aggies. That's what I got as far as pitchers go. Did you mention Hunter Elliott? I did not mention Hunter Elliott. That is, uh, that is a big hole in their rotation because he. Like Jackson Wiggins suffered a torn UCL before the season even started. I think
0: that's what I was. But did he have a torn UCL? Because I've heard I I, th- I swear I've seen some stories that's like you know Hunter Elliott could potentially return at some point in the season. Really? I and I might be wrong. I th- that is not me stating a fact.
1: I thought I heard. I thought I heard for sure that that he was going to have Tommy John.
0: Well, let's just look it up right now, Hunter Elliott. Injury. Um, Has a sprained UCL. This is as of, here we go, March 14th. So
1: that's the same thing Tiger's dealing with.
0: Yeah. Hold on. I'm trying to. The last update was March 14th, but it's a premium story for on three, and I'm not subscribed to them. This is from March 1st from the Clarion Ledger. Ole Miss baseball pitcher Hunter Elliott has a sprained UCL. In his pitching arm. Um, he reported forearm tightness following his opening night start against Delaware. Bianco said at the time,
1: the first game, I forgot.
0: Bianco said at the time they want him to take three weeks off from throwing and he had already taken two. Elliott's rehab and return to action will be slow. Ole Miss is targeting mid April for his return to a game. That was from
1: March 1st, though. So I don't know what it is now. Yeah. Well, I mean, shout out to you for picking that up. Cause I, I definitely thought he was done for the year. Um, that, shout out to the boy. Yeah. me. That, that, that could definitely be huge for, for Ole Miss. You know, Dave Van Horn was telling us after, after the Swatters club meeting the other day, like, you know, it's still early, like nobody's buried yet. Um, Ole Miss still has plenty of time to, to figure it out. And really all you got to do is be about 500 in league play. Um, and you know, if they get Hunter, Hunter Elliott back, that would change a lot of stuff for them. But bottom line is Arkansas is not going to have to worry about facing uh, him this, this time around.
0: No, probably not. Something I wanted to mention, though, is, is this the series for Zach Morris? Is this the Zach Morris series? Because if you look at how he did against Ole Miss last year, aside from his start in Omaha, so when they played Ole Miss in on May 1st, Morris went, through three innings of relief, gave up one hit, uh, and that was it. He faced eleven batters. That was a four to three win for Arkansas. And then, of course, his big outing uh, against Ole Miss the second time around in Arkansas's win over Ole Miss at the College World Series. He came in. What was it? That was it. The eighth or the ninth.
1: I think it was the eighth because because he had to he had to get out of a jam, uh, and there was that that pop-up that Battles was ranging back for, and Gregory was coming in. You remember that? Yeah. No, it was was think
0: It was Borafin, because they had put Borafin in left. Yeah, okay. But yeah, that was was a huge, huge outing from Zach Morris there. Um, So I'm thinking, and he got to save that game. So I guess it was the ninth. Um, I'm
1: thinking, like, maybe it's the series for Zach Morris to finally just get it to click. I mean, it it could be, you know, he's he's certainly got uh, experience pitching against these Mike Bianco teams. And this particular Mike Bianco team is not very good right now. So, um, you know, I don't I don't know, though, because like we, we thought he figured out his confidence issues earlier and then he he regressed again. So, like, I don't know. But the thing with Zach Morris for me is like I feel like he's just going to continue to get opportunities because they know what he is capable of doing. It's just a matter of is he going to be able to put it together? And hopefully for the Razorbacks the answer is going to be yes more than more often than not.
0: Well, I wasn't saying like he's not going to throw. Like I mean, he's probably going to throw. I'm just saying and yeah. shout out shout out to JH Miller on hogeby.com for bringing that up earlier. So I didn't really thought about that. But like maybe it is a series where he can get he can get
1: confidence, you know. I I think he could definitely get confidence. I just don't know if it's going to be lasting, you know. Christian, what do you think? I
2: think the main thing is hopefully he can continue to come in some clean innings because we know if he comes in in a dirty inning, that's when he he's tended to struggle this season. And or even when at, without even in a clean inning he struggled a little bit too. So But with all the injuries and with McIntyre kind of up in the air, they're going to need a veteran to step up this weekend. And it's got to be, you know, the three that we probably talk about the most as far as the bullpen, Carter, Adcock, and now Morris, to either clean up some innings or, you know, have a save. Um, Or even just like in the middle of the game, come in and shut down an inning. Um, But hopefully he's, you know, shaken off the rust enough to come out and have a good, Good weekend. And it's against a struggling Ole Miss team. So it's probably the best chance he's going to get to really get maybe two appearances of a couple of innings or one inning apiece. So we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you look at the schedule going down the road here, Tennessee coming in next week. Uh, after that, it's Georgia. They kind of suck. AM kind of sucks. But you finish with South Carolina and Vanderbilt. That's two top, top 10 teams in the East. I mean, it, it's it's going to be tough, like you said. the 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 opportunities against uh, maybe lesser competition isn't the right word, but something like that. Uh, those opportunities are are limited. All right, let's uh, let's move this train along,
0: Robert. You got anything else to add on Ole Miss?
1: Um, Make a brief. You know, their batting their batting stats aren't very good either. They've got two guys hitting over three hundred in conference play. Calvin Harris, you might recognize that name from last year. He's catching for them this year. After Hayden Dunhurst left, hitting three eighty nine, eleven o two OPS in uh in nine conference games, isn't got that a fr- the guy that used to produce music? Uh, yes. What
0: song? I feel so close to you right yeah. now. That's Calvin yeah. Harris. That was a big like summer song, like back in two thousand fourteen or something.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah. Okay. The other guy is Will Furnace. He's a freshman, big singles guy. He's got like one extra base hit on the ear, but he's hitting three thirteen in. I think eight conference games. Uh, you recognize Jacob Gonzalez. He's got a pretty good OPS. Uh, people are calling him maybe like a top 10 MLB draft pick. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to
2: say that he's, he's still projected top 10. I think he has been for a couple of years now um, hitting 294. So it's not quite, I mean, it's not 300, but it's still, it's right there.
1: And and it's a small sample size too. It's only nine games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I just hope the nationals don't, don't mess around and pass on Paul Skeeds to take Jacob Gonzalez. Um, anyway, the other names you recognize, Kemp Alderman, he's doing okay. Uh, but then TJ McCants and Peyton Chatagnier, they're both back. Both really bad in conference play so far. Like, Chatagnier, I think, has two hits in 34 at-bats. You mean
0: Chatagnier hmm
1: Yeah. Okay, Robert.
0: Good job, one last,
2: One last thing. You know in the NFL they have those things they call them what trap games? Where it's like you have you face a big opponent and then you face like the Browns or a, or a struggling team. I just hope that this this weekend isn't one of those weekends with Arkansas because this would be a weekend like Ole Miss. eventually they're going to have to they're going to start winning, you'd think. And hopefully this isn't one of those weekends where they take two out of three from like a big team.
1: All right. As, as Tim Elko said, don't let the Rebs get hot.
0: Mm-hmm. That dude, I was telling a story at church the other day about Tim Elko. Told told the legend of Tim Elko playing on a torn ACL. <clears throat> All right, let's get to our future bet, Christian. Do you have it pulled up the the poll on Twitter?
2: Oh yeah, let me grab it real quick. Oh
0: man, we had a great episode last week. Here you are. Where <laughs> uh, is it?
2: I'm looking as fast, scrolling as fast as I can, scrolling as fast as I can. Uh. It's not. Why is it not in my notification? I
0: mean, I have it it pulled up right now. I got
2: it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. So Florida is in the lead with 30.8%. Second is South Carolina with 27.4%. Actually, second is other. Comment below. So let's see what some comments have been.
0: It's mostly LSU, so that doesn't count.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Vanderbilt, LSU. Someone said Arkansas, even though we said we can't pick Arkansas, guys. What are we doing here?
1: Read instructions.
2: Yeah. Jeez. Um, okay. Did Florida you... su- surprising to me kind of that they, that Florida is leading.
0: Did you guys vote in the poll? Cause I, I picked a team. I did too.
1: I, I haven't voted yet, but my vote is South Carolina. Who did you pick Christian?
0: Mine is also South Carolina. I picked South Carolina. Wow. <laughs> I guess. Okay.
1: Well, the thing about
0: South Carolina. Okay. Here, let me read the odds right now. So Florida is at plus 1200, which is the worst odds of the teams that we threw out there. Vanderbilt is an interesting one at plus eighteen hundred. Uh South Carolina plus twenty five hundred. Wake Forest is at plus a thousand. So mm. South Carolina is the best odds right now. Well. Like as far as like bang for your buck. What was Florida's again? Florida's plus twelve hundred. So they would be Oh, second- wow. Yeah.
1: Dave Dave Van Horn was very complimentary at the Swatters Club the other day of the Gators. Mm. Let's see.
0: If, you, if we placed – holy crap. If we placed a $100 bet on Florida, that would pay out $1,300. Why would we put $100 on <laughs> Why would we not? I said we're going to put a significant amount of money on this. I just don't want to run in. well, I
2: won't say that. I don't want to run into any problems in Omaha if uh, someone on the podcast has placed a future on some other team that's actually in Omaha as well.
0: I had that issue last year. I had a few. Tries. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Do you know how electric it was for me to watch Texas A&M and the super regionals? <laughs> that was, that was like incredible. That's what I'm saying is like, and I don't know, we have to do this. Unfortunately, people are voting for Florida. So mm-hmm. do we have yeah. to go with that or can we pick
1: South Carolina? I think if, if. The three of us have a consensus. I mean, maybe we we better check last week's transcript to see what we said. But, I mean, if if three of us are are all in on South Carolina, then. I
0: think we go South Carolina,
1: boys. I
0: think we're going South Carolina.
2: We have an hour. There is an hour left on the poll. I don't know if you want to wait or if we just want to decide right now on the pod that we're going with South Carolina.
0: We'll decide right now, South Carolina. Okay. And we will then decide how much we're going to put on it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: As a as a collective, and then sure. we, whatever happens, whenever like if South Carolina loses or if they win it all, whenever their season is done, we will say how much we put on it, and how much we could have won, <laughs> or how much we did win if they win it all. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, let's get to our interview with Parker Rowland. Uh, here is Arkansas catcher Parker Rowland. The Diamond Hogs Podcast is the premier Razorback baseball podcast. All right, we now welcome on Arkansas catcher Parker Rowland. Uh, You were the savior on Sunday with the big hit, man. How did that feel?
3: Uh, It felt good, you know, just uh, getting a chance to help the team win, uh, come up in a big spot. And, uh, you know, for me, I just wasn't trying to do too much. Looking for a good pitch to hit and ended up getting it and uh, putting a good swing on it. So, yeah, glad I could help the team win.
1: Uh, you, guys, you guys were supposed to play Arkansas State on Tuesday, but the the, the rain yeah. came through and and didn't 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 work out. But how how much were you looking forward to that game as as a former Red Wolf?
3: I was definitely looking forward to it. I still got a couple of friends on the team, so you know I was excited to you know catch up with them and see how everything's going with them. But yeah, I kind of bummed out. We didn't get to play that one. So uh, you know we're we're all <laughs> friends here. We can be honest. Like you know Fayetteville is way better than Jonesboro, right? Oh 100%. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot more to do in uh, Fayetteville for sure. Um so real quick though, you you also had to stop there at EOSC.
0: What was that like, you know, you go from Arkansas State to JUCO, of course, now you're in
3: Fayetteville, but just what was that like? Oh, dude, it was a it was definitely a little bit of a culture shock. Like I got there, no locker room, middle of nowhere. First day, I we get done with practice, I'm like, "Where uh where do we put the pants and like our jerseys?" And they're like, what, do you, dude, what are you talking about? You do it yourself. And I was like, here we go. going to be a long year, better strap it up. But yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a great experience. Definitely makes me really appreciate uh, what we have here in Fayetteville for sure.
1: You guys kind of have a little bit of an EOSC pipeline between uh, Isaac Webb yourself and, and Cody Frank. I'm curious, yeah. uh, curious. I mean, obviously you were there at the same time as Isaac. Uh, what, what's your relationship like between the two of you and then, and then like, when did you start talking about, uh, about that with Cody?
3: Um, so me and Isaac, we're actually roommates. Uh, we live together right now. He's a, he's a good guy. Uh, Cody. So I've Cody Frank's a legend down there in Wilberton, you know, I've heard all about him. He, he came back a couple of times last year. So I got to meet him and, and catch some of his bullpens and stuff. And I've just heard really great things about him as a player, as a person. And, uh, I'm glad we finally got to connect up here in Fayetteville and get a, get a season together. So, uh, of course,
0: you know, the unfortunate injury to Cody, Uh, we've talked to some of the guys about that but you know from a catcher perspective a guy that you know had that rapport with him what was that like and you know how disappointing
3: was that oh it was a huge blow you know I mean a guy like that a veteran guy who's been around who's going to come in and and compete with everything he's got and uh you know big blow for the team that guy was going to have you know 80 80 innings for us this year but uh you know it's it's everything has a as a good effect to it because I think we're going to have some young guys step up for us this year that maybe wouldn't have had the chance to do so if he uh wouldn't have got hurt and uh you know I think his recovery is going to be good and he's going to have a good season next year
1: of of the guys who have stepped up so far I'm curious who has impressed you the most I mean mm-hmm. obviously Dylan Carter comes to mind right away because 100%. You, know, you know his his, his play kind of speaks for itself you know
3: yeah I mean I'm with you Dylan Carter so in the fall I I mean I caught him all the time and and he didn't have I mean, he got hit around a little bit, but I just knew I was like the guy has really good stuff, and he competes and he fills up the zone and and I think if he gets the opportunities, he could be a big piece for us. And you know, he got that opportunity and he he took it and ran with it, you know. And I just feel like every outing, he just gets more confident and more confident, and uh, that's good for us as a squad. So so Dylan comes on or, or he comes off
0: as like a guy where you know he's he's all business when he talks to the media, but. There's got to be a side of Dylan where he's just a little bit more loose. Is that the case?
3: for sure, yeah, he's a little more loose in the locker room, but uh he definitely he he goes about his business the right way. you know he comes in, he gets his work done and he goes home for the most part like he he's there to get better and to grind and uh, try to help our team win. He's a good guy we We're actually uh we're supposed to go play summer ball together in Rhode Island this summer, so should be fun
1: where Where are you going?
3: We're going to the ocean state waves. Is that uh, is that the Cape Cod League? No, it's in the NECBL. So Michael Turner played there, I think, two years ago, and
1: Colin Smith played there a few years back too. Gotcha. So uh, shifting topics entirely, this is this is something that uh, DVH was kind of uh, kidding you for uh, after the game on on Sunday. He was talking about your grades. What 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 was that all about?
3: I'm not sure honestly he caught me totally by surprise I was kind of I, I was a little shocked I was like dude like my, my parents are are gonna listen to this and I'm not gonna hear the end of it they're gonna be wanting my passwords and my blackboard trying to look at my grades like it's just a it's a whole lot of extra questions that I wasn't looking forward to answering but no I'm, I'm a pretty good student I'm not a I'm not a great student but I'm a good enough student I'd say that's yeah when, when he said
0: that I mean like we we assumed that he was joking but uh you know that that was that was good. It's always fun to talk to to DVH when you know after a win you can tell that he's looser, but we also know the Dave Van Horn that is all business. You know what is it like when you know you have to balance that? You know this is my head coach. I he he's all business at times, but also you know he can be a fun guy.
3: For sure, yeah. I mean. I think the reason he's had some success is because he just, you know, he demands perfection. You have to get the job done. And, and I mean, we're so talented and deep that it's like, if if you're going to go out there and not do your job, there's somebody right behind you that's chomping at the bit to get it done. So, you know, I think it just ha- helps everybody elevate their game every day knowing that uh, if uh, you he don't get it done, he's probably going to move on to the next guy, which I mean, that's the nature of the beast coming to a place like this. I think you
1: kind of understand that when you sign up to come to the university of Arkansas. Talk about getting it done. We've we've seen you do just that uh, from a from a defensive standpoint the past few weeks. Uh, I'm curious what what kind of work have you have you put in to uh, to improve defensively and and just how cool is it to like pick guys off? Uh, I, so for me,
3: that's kind of that that's been my game defensively: back picks and uh, throwing guys out. Actually, my so my junior year of high school, we won the uh, state championship on a bases loaded back pick. I back the kid at first base to to end the game. So I feel like for me, that's I'm always looking for it. I feel like I, I'm I'm tuned in with uh, the corner guys uh, about getting it done. And, yeah, it's it's been nice back there, you know. I, I feel like I'm getting a better feel for the guys on the mound, and and uh, I'm glad I'm getting to come up big back there, you know. My job is to take care of the pitching staff and uh, to play solid defense. That's my number one job. And so for me lately, you know, I just need to keep doing what I'm doing and uh, playing good defense. I think the bat is coming along. I feel like the at-bats are getting better, so – so, uh, you know,
0: you played three games last weekend, but you've also had that, you know, rotation with you and Hudson Polk behind the plate. What has that relationship been like with Hudson? Because, <clears throat> you know, you got, I'm assuming you guys are friends, but you're also oh, yeah. competing.
3: 100%. I mean, I think me and him, we are really good friends. You know, I think we bounce ideas off each other all the time. Like, we're, we're always learning from each other. Like, he's a great competitor. He's probably one of the hardest workers I've ever been around. And, you know, for us, I think early in the year, we – we discussed and we were like dude no hard feelings like we're both competitors like we're here to to you know compete and to get better and may the best man win at the end of the day and you know when he's in the lineup I'm I'm right there on the rail cheering for him and I think vice versa when I'm in the lineup it's the same way I don't think there's any hard
1: feelings there I have a lot of respect for that guy I'm I'm curious uh from from the with the pitchers um who who is who's who do you have really good chemistry with um and then, like, I remember we had Cody on a, uh, a few weeks ago, and he was telling us that maybe it was you who – or you and Hudson both, he just he just crosses you up all the time. Like, who's, who's tough? I think Cody's one of those tough guys, right? Cody – or uh, Cody Frank?
3: Oh, Cody has a mind of his own, dude. Like, he has an idea of what he wants to throw, and there is no – like, he is throwing that pitch. Like, and there's no rhyme or reason to why he's throwing it. He's just – he's going with it, so it can be tough to – to, you know, get on the same page with him. But I'd say chemistry-wise, definitely me and Hunter Holland. We're we're usually on the same page quite a bit. I really like uh, working with him. He's a competitor, dude. He's going to go out there and give you everything he's got. Even if he doesn't have his best stuff that day, he's going to give you two pitches that he'll find throughout the game and and find a way to get outs and, and work around lineups.
1: So I guess it's safe to say you're not surprised to see him on the Golden Spikes watch list.
3: Not at all, man. I, I knew the day I met that guy that, that he was special. You know, he's going to have a, a good career playing baseball.
0: Uh, on the topic of Hunter Holland, I wanted to ask you about that uh, Friday game at LSU. Just catching him against that team, uh, and then seeing Paul Skeens on the other side. Just what was that experience like?
3: That's one of one of the more fun games I've probably ever been a part of. You know, me me and Hunter, we go through scouting reports the whole week leading up to it, looking at the lineups and stuff. And you know, we just felt really confident that if we went in there and executed pitches, that we could dominate that lineup. And and I knew on Thursday night that, that he was going to show up, you know, I knew he was ready for the challenge. And I think he was talking about how he'd read a tweet or something and it fired him up. He talked to me about it. He's like, Oh, they're
1: about to find out. And so, you know, people did, they did find out that day. Um, I'm curious about the the clubhouse who, who is, is some of the more interesting or unique personalities that you guys have in your locker room. <laughs> Mason
3: Neville for sure. Love that guy. I love that guy to death. He's a he's a Vegas boy, you know. So I'm from Oklahoma. We're a little different, a little different growing up and stuff. But yeah, I'd say he's a he's a funny guy. Probably one of the funnier guys on the team. Another
0: freshman, and and we just got a few more questions for you here. But another freshman that I want to ask about is Big Country, Reese Robinette. <laughs> it's just like every time he comes up, it's just small town boy, but he's got some power. Just what what do you what do you think of Reese Robinette?
3: I love that guy, man. I think he's going to have a really good career in a, in a Razorback uniform. I think uh, the the moment never gets too big for him, especially as a freshman, you know. Like, he just – honestly, he, he is. He's that country kid that's like, oh, it's my turn to hit, and I'm going to go out there and and put a good swing on it. And he, he usually does, you know. He's got a really good swing, and uh, he's got a good
1: attitude towards the game, good work ethic, so. So, you're coming at us live from the hotel in Oxford. You guys got three games against Ole Miss coming up here. Uh, they're defending national champions, but they're off to a one and eight start in league play. I'm curious how you look past that record because, you know, it's it's another SEC series. Absolutely. I mean, this is my first year playing in the SEC. But so far,
3: I mean, you can't you can't take any game for granted. Everybody's super talented. And on any given day, they can they can go out there and beat you, just like Alabama showed us uh, last Friday. You know, if we don't show up, anybody can beat us. So, you know, we're, we're taking it just as we would on the road against LSU. You know, we got to show up and we got to play well to beat them so all right last
0: question here and we'll let you go moving moving forward with this season you know what is it that parker Rowland needs to do to continue to see success for the razorbacks
3: uh for me i would say just stay in level you know never never letting the highs get too high and the lows get too low just continue to put in the work and uh you know block out some noise and and you know continue to have competitive at bats i think for me when i get going bad at the plate it's I'm up there trying to do too much. I'm swinging at, at bad pitches early in the count. So, for me, it's just letting the game come to me and slowing it down a little bit. And uh, I think, think things will start to to go my way for sure. I'm sorry. I have one more question. Yeah, you're fine, man.
0: That that saying, do too much or not do too much, what is it about that? Because I feel like we hear that a lot from the guys and from, and from DVH.
1: Peyton Stovall loves to say that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm – I mean, I don't know. There's times you get up there and you're like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta do this, and I gotta do this." And and for me, it's just just take what they're gonna give you. If they're if they're gonna throw you you bad pitches, just spit on them and take your walk and pass it to the next guy in the lineup. Don't you don't have to be the hero all the time. Like, take your walks until you get a good pitch to hit. And when you get a good pitch to hit, don't try to hit it out of the park. Just be simple with it. Try to hit a single up the middle or stay the other way with it. And uh, usually when I'm when I'm locked in on that approach is when the ball starts leaving the yard for me. All right, man.
0: Parker, Roland, we really appreciate it, man. Wishing you luck the rest of this season, and uh, maybe we'll talk nice. to you down
3: the road. Sounds good. Appreciate right. it, guys. You've been listening to the Diamond Hogs
1: podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Chote Mason and at drstew Stew32.